Gerritsen and Toth presents The Shift with Jack Johnson on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. We are back with another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Well, I do at some point in the show want to get to uh, a little bit of audio from Andy Reid on a podcast he was on the other day. Some pretty interesting stuff that he had to say ahead of the Super Bowl matchup with the San Francisco 49ers. But we got blessed with some breaking news about five minutes ago. And it is important. I think it somewhat ties back into Kansas City. And it's that Dan Quinn is going to be the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. So it's not going to be Eric Bieniemy. That felt like a job that he at least could have been in the running for. After they moved on from Ron Rivera, he was an assistant head coach. Who knows if he keeps that title now. But more importantly, the head coaching cycle is done. It's completed. And unless the Chiefs or the Niners were to fire Shanahan or Reed retire, we all know the Chiefs would never fire Andy Reed. But if that were to happen, it appears that Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick will not be coaching in the NFL next year. Unless something drastically changes, here is the full list of new head coaches. Sometimes, or some of these are first-time head coaches. Some of these are getting their second stint, third stint. But the Commanders, of course, hired defensive coordinator the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn, so he stays in the NFC East. Also his first head coaching job since he took the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl. And then it didn't go very well after that. Became a defensive coordinator where he shined, and now he's back with Washington this time as the head coach. Seattle hired their new man yesterday, Mike McDonald, the youngest coach in the NFL now. So you go from having, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, the oldest coach in the NFL and Pete Carroll to now the youngest in Mike McDonald because Carroll was in his 70s. So quite the change. Correct. Pete Carroll, I think, was coaching in the NFL, maybe with New England at the time, maybe even before Mike McDonald was born, it feels like. That's a pretty big age gap, but Seattle going younger. They go with Mike McDonald. The Falcons passed on Bill Belichick and went with Raheem Morris, coordinator from the Rams. The Panthers went young as well, decided to buy into what Tampa Bay did in the playoffs, and how Baker Mayfield became the best version of himself, they hired Dave Canales. So the Panthers have their new man. The Chargers went with the big-name hire, shocker, shocker, Hollywood, L.A., Jim Harbaugh moves from Michigan after winning the national championship and winds up with the Chargers, who we all kind of expected Harbaugh to end up with. The Titans went with Brian Callahan. So Callahan becomes a replacement of Vrabel, who was shockingly let go at the end of the year. The Raiders finally made a good decision. I don't know if it's going to result in multiple playoff appearances or division titles, but Antonio Pierce was the best man for that job. I mean, Max Crosby, I think, was even you know 
asked about Antonio Pierce. I mean, he was one of the main players wanting Pierce to stay in Vegas, and I think he was threatening to ask for a trade if it wasn't Antonio Pierce. So he has the players. He's got the locker room, and whether that works out or not, it's the smart move. You don't want to go with an outside hire and then all your your players want to leave because the Raiders have struggled with that before. But Antonio Pierce, new head man of the Raiders, or I guess the permanent fill-in for the Raiders because he was the interim at the tail end of the year. And then the Patriots, which I always thought was fascinating, Gerard Mayo, who was an assistant for Bill Belichick, and I think we had it you know, said on the show that Belichick in his contract had that he wanted Mayo to take over for him when he retired there or when he a left. succession plan put yep. in place. It, this that, had been in the works. And that's why they didn't have to – that's why they were able to jump through all the hoops that usually – when you have a job opening, you have to go through protocols in terms of the Rooney rules and yep. what, what you have to do in terms of hiring. And, and they got to completely supersede that because of the the, yes. the lettering in the contract. Mm-hmm. But also, it was supposed to happen a year or two from now, and yeah. they went ahead and, and, and expedited that. Yes. And I do like – here's what I love about the NFL. I love – young new coaches getting a chance. I think that is the best thing for the sport. I love having young minds in the game get an opportunity. And even Mike Kafka, I think, was rumored to be one of the candidates for the Commanders and the Seahawks job. But they went with Dan Quinn and then Mike McDonald. So now it's all filled, and I'm really wondering now, um, what is next for Belichick and Mike Vrabel? Belichick, uh, really, in the end, if he doesn't coach again, he's fine. I think Mike, Mike Vrabel still has a lot left in the tank. I mean, we're talking about a guy that made the Tennessee Titans a scarier team in the AFC. They were a one seed two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, they've tailed off. That's because Ryan Tannehill you know, got up there in age. He wasn't the same guy anymore. But I almost wonder, and Jake, that's one, this is what I want to bring you in here. This might have been, in my opinion, the best round of coaching hires for the Chiefs. Now, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be moving on from Andy Reid for, Lord, two years probably. I don't think he's going to retire at the end of this year. And I really don't have reason to believe he's going to retire at the end of next season. But when he does... It feels good that these teams, which there's a handful of awful football teams on this list, that you know at least they're going to give these guys two years. There's going to be guys, I think, that make a lot of sense for the Chiefs whenever Andy Reid decides to hang it up. I'm not saying Bill Belichick. I don't think Bill Belichick's the right hire. Jake and I already discussed that last week. But one guy that I love and I was irate when he was taken from Kansas City, Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka is going to be circulating in those rumors whenever the time comes that Andy Reid is done. Mike Vrabel, I think, would be another great replacement whenever Andy Reid decides to stop coaching. And now you look at these teams, the Raiders, right? The Titans. Harbaugh's not going anywhere for a while. You know, Sean Payton in Denver, not going anywhere for a while. Dave Canales, Raheem Morris, Mike McDonald, younger coaches, teams that need to probably start turning the corner. Could be a a quick one- to two-year stint, but I doubt it. Dan Quinn, I'd imagine he gets two years. So you're looking at that timeline of this worked out, I think, 
best-case scenario for the Chiefs. Now, who knows, right? I'm sure that Brett Veach in the front office and even Andy Reid, they have had discussions about what is next. Just like with Bill Belichick, he had it it written in his contract to be wanted to take over. Andy Reid's going to have that power. Now, is that Matt Nagy? Maybe. Or maybe Andy Reid says, hey, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that steps in on any toes. I'm not going to pick the next man for this job. I hope you pick the right one, but I just want to make sure that number 15 is taken care of. You're not hiring some dud that's going to torpedo the franchise, and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, let's all be honest. The Chiefs might have made the best coaching hire since who? Belichick to New England? I would have a hard time believing maybe Seattle and Pete Carroll, if you want to go a little bit after, so I'm not jumping all the way 20-plus years back. I mean, the hire that the Chiefs made for Andy Reid in 2013 coming off Romeo Cornell was immediate success. I mean, that's the craziest thing about this all, to go on a quick segue for Andy Reid. The Chiefs were 2-14, and 14, not to get dark, but dealt with a murder-suicide of one of their players, Scott Pioli, you know, it was still it was a complete organizational shift. They had the number one draft pick. Yes. And it's not like Houston, right? Houston traded up to get that number one spot. This was the worst team in the NFL, had dealt with something that nobody else in the league was dealing with. A coach had just been fired. The GM now need to be replaced. I mean, it'd be like the Carolina Panthers going out and hiring their coach and mm-hmm. then their coach going on a run and, and making yes. it to the Super Bowl for Four out of five years. Plus, you know, you think about the, Andy Reid made the playoffs with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Know. They won right. their first nine games or something like that. So, I mean, that's what it, like that's where the Chiefs were. Yes. Where the Carolina Panthers are right now, that's where the Chiefs mm-hmm. are. I think that's a very – I mean, think about it, too. Who was somebody you could build around? It was Jamal Charles, and Jamal played two more years because of knee injuries. Dwayne Bowe, even Bowe was getting near his age 30 season. There was no quarterback. So no quarterback, no GM, no coach. So that's why I would say, you know, even trying to take the bias out of a little bit, this was one of the best coaching hires we've ever seen in the NFL. Belichick, of course, coming to New England. Pete Carroll coming to Seattle, I think, was you know, revolutionary at the time. I mean, Russell Wilson goes to, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls, wins one of them. But, again, that's one. Um, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, yeah. Mike Tomlin absolutely has to be one of them. Uh, you go back even to the 90s, uh, Jimmy Johnson. You know, there are great coaching hires, but a lot of those teams, they weren't as, I guess, downtrodden. They, they weren't as in shambles no. as the Chiefs were. And so we are entering now a time period where we're going to need to start thinking about this again. I'm not you know, believing that Andy Reid is going anywhere. Next year, I think he's going to be here. I think he's likely going to be here the year after that. Maybe not. Again, for for Andy Reid, I don't think he's going to be forced out of the league. I think it's when he's going to think, I feel like I've accomplished what I want to accomplish. You know, maybe I want to stay around the game in some capacity, but being a head coach for months on end, getting to Super Bowl after Super Bowl, that's a long season. And for somebody that's, you know, in their 60s, that's a lot of wear and tear. It's not just players, coaches. It's a lot of long nights. I mean, remember that, you know, I think it was the franchise, uh, the YouTube, you know, series they do. Um, 
Andy Reid gets up at like 4 a.m. and goes to the facility or something. Like he starts immediately going to look at film. He's a football junkie. So maybe that's like a way of his, you know, coping with just life is just I'm going to get up early, go to the facility. I'm there from 4 a.m. to practice time. And then I go home. Like some guys, they're just hardwired like that and they don't want to leave the game. So that's this whole segment is not about speculating of, well, who's the next guy in charge? I'm simply saying with all the head coaching roles filled now, there are some really good names still out there that you can feel comfortable with. Because I think every Chiefs fan wants this, you know, handing over of the keys, whenever that may be, to be as smooth as possible. And I do think Brett Veach and Andy Reid and Mark Donovan, Clark Hunt, they've all had discussions of, you know, when this ever happens, we got to have a list of candidates that you're basically seeing no change. Uh, of course, it's going to be different. I mean, Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer. You're not going to, it's possible, but it's very rare to go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Like, think about Gerard Mayo's task right now taking over for Bill Belichick. No thanks. There's nothing, he'll never live up to Bill Belichick. Not a, he could be one of the league's greatest coaches. He's not going to love to Bill Belichick. It's six Super Bowl rings. He's young. That's just not going to happen. You know, Andy Reid, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But there you go. That would be three in four years, five years. Yeah, three in five years. So he has that. And then if he goes, all right, I'm I'm satisfied. Maybe he coaches one more year. He tries another chance at a Super Bowl. But then he goes, all right, I've done what I've wanted to do. It'd be shocking. I, I think it would be, too. He's I, given I, I no think, sign. I think minimum four years. Here's the mm. only caveat. His health. Okay. That's where you're at. I I don't think – I think outside of Andy Reid's health going south and then, look, we hope – like, I hope he stays as long as he wants to and and walks out on his own accord. Mm -hmm. But that's what this guy does. That's all he knows, right? And so even – I think he wants to take a run at being the greatest ever. Why would you not? If you feel good and and you're enjoying it, yeah, he's – could be thinking about challenging Belichick. And so he's only 65. I could see him going until he's 68, 69, 70, you know, four years. I, I Easily I could see that in, in my mind, just knowing how he operates. Yes, it is a grind, but, like, when that's all you do and that's mm-hmm. all you've ever known, that's it's, it's not really a grind. It's just what yeah. you do. It sounds it's like a way of life. It sounds like a grind to us, and it probably sounds like a grind to other coaches around the league. Yeah. But that's just what he does, and it's just part of it. It's it's second nature for him, and so guys like him, like you take that away. Like I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll didn't want to walk away. I think oh, he no. he all but said that this mm-hmm. was not my choice, you know. And he stayed within the organization. He's still going to be around football, but they needed to make a change because he wasn't having the success that Andy Reid is. Yeah, I mean he made it to two two Super Bowls and won one. And they in were rebuild. Yeah, they were in a rebuild, and and look, they they in the postseason last year, just barely missed it this year, and, and so it's like I, I mean, and Pete Carroll's seventy four now. He, he he's a different a different seventy four than Andy Reid is. They're yes. different, you know, they're built different, differently. Very, you know, they're, <laughs> very different. Pete Carroll looks like he's probably sixty. He, yeah, I mean, I've I've always been baffled that he's <laughs> nearing eighty. Yeah, yeah, 
I, so, I mean, that's I, – I would – and I don't know where all this this t- conversation – but it is conversation. We're, we are not just bringing this up to, to sit here and, and have something to talk about because mm-hmm. these conversations are happening. Mm-hmm. And I want to play a, a clip here from ESPN Radio and Peter King yes. was, was talking – he was talking about Andy Reid and his thoughts on the possibility of Andy Reid retiring after this season. I don't think he's going to retire, win or lose. I can't. I wouldn't uh, make book on that or whatever the right. Uh, I've been around Andy Reid a few times this year, and I've been around his team. Uh, I don't think he's ready to walk away, and I have heard all the rumors. I'm not sure whether they are founded or unfounded i just believe based on people i talk to and what i've witnessed that andy reed is not going to retire i'm with peter king there and i do agree with you that his contract has what two more years i think he's got two more years left on his contract I could see him looking at that and going okay i'll coach out the rest of my contract that probably puts him near the end of Travis Kelsey's career as well. And maybe that's something he wants to see through. Maybe he wants to coach, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be able to coach Patrick Mahomes his entire career. It's just not going to happen. Mahomes has anywhere from hopefully 13 to 14 more years. His contract's through 26. So this the rest of the season and two more. Okay, so, so he could go longer than we think. Um, but I almost wonder, too. Uh, you know, with with Matt Nagy, because I, I personally believe that Matt Nagy's not going to be around for three to four years of, you know, Andy. I, I, I had this thought that when Matt Nagy was hired, like that was going to be the replacement. Like he was brought back to Kansas City because Andy Reid loves him, of course. He's got head coaching experience. And it was going to be like the, okay, it, it'll be that easy move. It's what great teams do. They don't really like to shake up their system a lot. They don't go outside hires all the time, unless it's just a completely off-the-wall thing. But I'm sure Andy Reid would like somebody from his coaching tree to take over for him. Uh, But now that seems a little unlikely. Uh, Matt Nagy has not had a great year as a coordinator, but also we know that Andy Reid is calling the majority of these plays. He won't admit it, but we know that's true. And I'd say a big no thanks as a Chiefs fan to that. Yes. I, I think that would be like a, really? That's You're going with the guy who was fired in Chicago? I mean, it, here's if it's going to be a guy from Andy Reid's coaching tree, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would much rather have it be Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. And he is and, and he is floating out again with another coaching cycle gone all the way through and him not be named. And he was, I mean, they... Hired Dan Quinn in, in, in Washington, and I, it was, I, I, for me, shocking that his name didn't surface there. I mean, I, yeah. maybe they just wanted to go a completely different direction. Obviously, they did. Mm-hmm. And so it's just fascinating to me, and, and I I don't really get it. I Also, I'm not in the inner circles of the NFL yeah. you know, front offices, so I don't know what what the conversations are about Eric Bieniemy and you know whether he's a bad interview who knows but something is going on there for the fact that he he can't get one right but also like i think he did a pretty with what he had in washington mm-hmm. a pretty adequate job i mean Howell was a, a, leading the league in passing for right, a for bit. half the season yeah and so it's like it's not like he went up there and completely failed like he went up there and had you know the team wasn't successful but as yeah. an offensive team as an offensive coordinator mm. to have a quarterback that, that's not a 
top five guy that we named yesterday. Yes. Right? To have him at the top of the league in passing is quite an accomplishment in my view. I think so as well. And, you know, to probably put a a bow on this before we get to some words from Andy Reid on our podcast, um, you know, for a long time, I think we always wonder, you know, what what is the deal with Eric? Why can't he get a head coaching job? And, you know, there were there were plenty of arguments. Uh, you know, you brought up, right, the, the interviewing thing. Like, maybe he's a, a bad interviewer. But then we listened to him on the podium, and it was like, I just have a hard time believing it's a podium thing. And then there was the argument of, well, he's, you know, a black coach. Sometimes black coaches don't get the head coaching role. But now I look at this list right here, Jake. I mean, Raheem Morris goes to the Falcons. Now two scenarios were he was never going to be the coach there because Antonio Pierce, interim head coach, Gerard Mayo was going to be the Patriots coach regardless. You think about um, uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston. So now I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, what is the deal here? And maybe it works out with the Chiefs in the long run that if Andy Reid retires unexpectedly in the next couple of years, I'm sure Bienemy is still going to be there. Well, what's the trend? What's I mean, look at look at the coaches that were just hired. What's the trend? Young. Young. Young, That's right. Eric Bieniemy is 54 years old, and by no means is that old. But, like, if we're looking at this cycle, Mm -hmm. like, how did Mike Vrabel not get a job? Right? He's 48 years old. And so it's like, that's the trend. That's, and that's what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we see the defensive coaches getting jobs, right? And and it's like, we, it's all a reactionary thing because what it's like, the age thing, what what's what are the reactions from? Shanahan was hired. He's forty four now, but mm-hmm. that was back in twenty seventeen yeah, when he got a while the job. Ago now. Right? So he was he was what, thirty six, thirty seven? McVeigh. He's thirty eight now, but got the job in two thousand seventeen. He was mm-hmm. thirty three or thirty four. Right? LaFleur, young. Right? All these guys that like it's the organizations are seeing the success of, you know, LaFleur. You know, even McDaniel's in 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 Miami, yeah. young guy, and but those, those are all these are all guys from the Shanahan tree. Yep, right. McVeigh, Lafleur, McDaniel's; those are all Kyle Shanahan guys, but they're also hired super young. Yes, it's so like this is the opposite trend because look, Ben Johnson, young young guy in in Detroit. It sounds like he could have had several jobs, and he took his name off the, off the mm-hmm. table. Right, he's like, no, I want to go back to Detroit, and I want to try to win this thing again, right? I, and maybe it's who knows. There was reports that the number that he wanted was crazy high. Yeah. There were also, you know, re- anyways, that maybe those jobs he wasn't interested in, so he took his name off the table when it was only the Seahawks and the Commanders left. Who knows? But the trend is right now when you look at at what just happened and what we can diagnose from this cycle is there it's young. It's young. Fifty four is old. Forty eight yep. is old, right? And then we're, we're talking about the coaches are having success right now. Andy Reid, sixty five, right? That like he's going against Shanahan, forty four. So it's like they're they're going away from that. And for you know whether right, wrong, or indifferent, like that's just the direction these organizations are going. Um, and who knows? Maybe it will it will trend differently. You know, maybe these a bunch of these young guys fall on their face. And then, then that's when Vrabel comes back in, and Eric Bieniemy finally gets a job, and yeah. you know these other guys that have paid their dues, so to speak, you know, get those jobs. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to me now, where 
Rabel and Belichick. I think Belichick probably could spend some time on TV. And then we know now that you guys can hop right back into the game. Yeah, but also, like, you know, what it reminds me of with Belichick, um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, man... I'm totally blanking. The Steelers coach that left. That oh, Coward? Be, Coward. Coward, yeah. When Coward left, you know, Pittsburgh, That he was the hot name at every job. He was. He was the hot name at every it's job. great comparison. The, the Giants, the, you know, the mm-hmm. Panthers, like, you know, because he's from, he lives in Carolina. So when that job opened up, you know, his name was, it's like every job opening, his name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then he never, he never went back into coaching. You know, and why is that? I don't know. Maybe he, he was making seven figures doing TV and loving his job and being able to spend time with his daughters and be, you know, and, and so I like, I think they're different guys, Belichick and Cower, but like, I could see that happening, especially, you know, as, as I think also what might happen is, you know, Belichick goes in front of the camera, does some TV stuff and, and organizations like, wow, this guy, because he like what we see behind the podium it is it's not TV material. Well, no, but I've seen a different side of him. I've sat in in CBS meetings oh. with Belichick, and this he's engaging. He's funny. Like there is a different side of Bill Belichick that I think he would display if, if he got a job on TV. He would. That's what you would see. And I think organizations would be like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah, right? that's the guy I want. I right. Want to and so I think that might open up some doors if he got behind the TV cameras and hmm. got behind the set and started, yeah. you know, and you, people saw, oh, wow, this guy actually has a sense of humor. You know, and, yeah. and it's like more personable. I, I worked on a crew and, and Iron Eagle's spotter, a guy named Jim Stamos, was really good friends with Belichick's dad. And hmm. so, like, I got to see these conversations with with Stamos and, and Belichick. And it's like, who is this dude? Yeah. Like this guy is fascinating. This guy is funny. He's talkative, right? And not and like it's not a, anything of what you see on his press conferences. No, you know, and that's it's business. That's he's taking mm-hmm. care of business. Yeah. But what I'm saying, and not to get too long winded here, but if that version of him showed up in front of a camera, I think it might change some opinions of these organizations. Are like, we can't bring that guy in here. No, he wants too much power, and he's not going to work with anybody. No, that's a great point. Um, because I even thought a little bit too. Last thing I'll say in this, and then we do have to hit break, and and we'll talk about Andy Reid and what he said on a podcast. Um, I thought Urban Meyer. It, it didn't work out well for him, but like Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State and then going to Fox, you know, kind of being personable. Everybody's like, oh, you know, he's pretty fascinating. Then he got the job in Jacksonville. Then he's now back on Fox because of what happened there. But I think we saw kind of a different side, and then we saw in the documentary the Swamp Kings like total hard ass, like ran it like a. Uh, a military base, basically. And then you see the personal side of somebody, and that can, you know, open some eyes, turn the attention to him. So we'll see with Belichick, we'll see with Vrabel, but all the head coaching roles are filled now. We know, for the most part, who every head coach in the NFL will be for 2024-2025. We'll take our first break of the show. When we come back, want to get into some comments Andy Reid made on a podcast the other day, and that's coming up on ESPN Kansas City. We are back here on The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jake Gutierrez. Now, Andy Reid went on a podcast the other day. He's been on a lot. Um, but I believe this was on Let's Go. Correct. Right? Let's Go. And Tom Brady was on. Larry Fitzgerald. Jim Gray. And Jim Gray. 
So lots of star-studded cast members for this podcast episode, but cool to see Andy Reid in the week, two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. He gets a chance to, you know, answer some questions that I think a lot of people are going over. Now, we got a clip about five here, right? And his his opening statement, or his opening question, um, I thought was pretty fascinating. I'm not going to, you know, lead into it too much. I just want you to hear what Andy Reid had to say in the Let's Go podcast. So here was the first question he was asked and his answer. We've got the great coach, Andy Reid. Very good friend of this program, always makes himself yeah. available. He's going to his sixth Super Bowl, uh, fourth time in five years. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, Jeff. Coach, Coach, how happy are you that the Super Bowl's in Vegas where you don't have to worry about your mustache freezing? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. Good things good things seem to happen when the mustache freezes. So yeah. I don't know how you feeling about this. Yeah. So I listen, um that was a cold day, first of all. That was uh, maybe the coldest <laughs> one I've been in. Uh but the the Super Bowl being in Vegas is gonna be spectacular. I mean they have a great facility out there and uh you might as well use it, right, as they say. So uh it's gonna be put to use and then we actually are the home team, so we get to use the Raiders facility, and that's beautiful. And uh, so we look forward to that part and uh, just keep guys away from the strip, right? That's, uh, that's what you're doing. <laughs> hey, Andy, how did how did you get out there on the field that day? You weren't wearing any gloves. Were you trying to send a message to your guys? And can you feel your hands these three weeks later? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I You know what? I've never worn gloves. Uh um, at a game, so I, I just uh, I, I so I, I I went out there without him, and I probably paid for it later. But I that that um, yeah, I can feel him now. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you guys have had a different path, you know, going on the road and winning games as underdogs, and I think the team, you know, you can see a certain attitude going into those those road environments and and I love that your team didn't flinch at all you know I always felt like some of those great wins are championship games on the road because these are the opponents you know the most and to go on the on on the road to beat Buffalo which is obviously a challenge and then the following week in Baltimore speaks to the resiliency of the team so you know not having to do it era it's been a little different story for you guys. Yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, you almost feel like you're intruding in their area, but at, at the same time, you you want to make sure you enjoy the thing. I mean, it's a great accomplishment, but uh, the stands are uh, they're you know quarter filled with with what you, your fans, whatever fans are out there for that for that time. And uh, there's and you're looking at purple, right? I, I was looking at purple <laughs> everywhere. The stands, the stands are purple, and so I'm looking at purple with a little bit of red mixed in there for the people that stayed and it, it was a little bit surreal, but um, the, the best part was we had the guys It made you focus on the guys that were there. And, and that's really what it was all about. And, and so we were able to enjoy that part and uh, together in, in a foreign area, which uh, uh, brings you even closer together. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Well, that was Andy Reid, the opening part of the Let's Go podcast. You heard Tom, Tom Brady asking some questions there, Larry Fitzgerald, of course. Uh, but there was a lot more. Uh, I think that was really interesting 
that he went on to say. One of them being, what happened after the Christmas Day loss to the Raiders? Uh, I think that was rock bottom. For a lot of Chiefs fans, you know, it's Christmas Day. You get to watch Chiefs football, and Aiden O'Connell beats Patrick Mahomes despite not completing a pass for three quarters, second, third, and fourth. Yet the Raiders won that game, I would say, relatively comfortably. Uh, the Chiefs' offense looked as bad as it did all year long. There was two defensive touchdowns, just all ugly. But here's what Andy Reid had to say about how the team regrouped. How did you get your team to focus uh, in these in these latter weeks after the tumult and the agita that the season brought where, where things weren't going the way you wanted? Yeah, listen, I, I give it to, uh, you know, the Pat Mahomes, the Travis Kelseys, the Chris Joneses, the players. Uh, that locker room, and Tom can tell, you know, he knows this, but when you've been there uh, and you understand the urgency that it takes to get there, um, then you up your game. I mean, that's just what you do. And I, I think after my man Pierce out there, the Raiders kicked our tail, um, it woke us up and, um, and and said, hey, listen, we need to we need to take our game up here a notch or, or we're not going to stand a chance here, whether to get in the playoffs and or uh, to win in the playoffs. So, uh, those guys took care of business. They just they got everybody rallied everybody around them and uh, said, "Here we go." Good things happened. It's awesome. And coach, you know, you played in quite a few Super Bowls now. But when I think of you two, I think of you've had eleven head coaches that have been assistants of yours at some point. Um, is the coaching tree something that's kind of a point of pride with you in your life as you look back on your career? Well, yeah, I'm so I'm so proud of those guys and the jobs that they've done. Um, I had a chance to play the last couple of weeks against them, and th- those are strong teams, strong programs. I mean, it's not uh, they're programs that are built to stay, and and so I'm, I'm proud of how they've put their personality into it and some of the things maybe that they learned from uh, from us here, you know, or in Philly. Uh, and they've done they've done great. Uh, I I don't really like competing against them, although uh, they're all around. So I, you got to you know. But, but I once we get in it, it's like fighting your brother, man. You're after him for whatever, and then you love him up afterwards. But for that period of time, man, you're you're it's do or die, you know. So it's great competition. And there was Andy Reid talking about how this team regrouped a little bit. After that Christmas Day loss to the Raiders, as I said, I I think rock bottom for a lot of people. But when you've got good voices in the locker room, you've got Hall of Famers, you've got leaders, you don't crumble. I mean, we saw a perfect example in the Philadelphia Eagles. When things got tough, when things got bad, they crumbled. Uh, That team did not come together, and it showed that they got their ass kicked in the wild card round against the nine-win Buccaneers team. That was a team that was never able to regroup in the way the Chiefs did. Not only did the Chiefs regroup, they got to the Super Bowl. And they had, I believe the stat I saw today, the hardest path to some of those advanced analytical numbers of any team since 1981. Like, that team, the one that lost on Christmas Day, had to go through Miami, Buffalo on the road, Baltimore on the road. And now we'll take on San Francisco. 
Talk about regrouping to the max extent. Last little clip I want to play here comes from who many would say is the GOAT, and I think I would say is the GOAT because when you get seven rings, uh, you pretty much are in uncharted waters. And Patrick Mahomes is chasing him, but that's Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is the last quarterback, of course, in the NFL to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and he did it very early on in his career, and he asked Andy Reid about that with the situation Patrick Mahomes has now. I think that, in my opinion, it's difficult because – it's hard to win one Super Bowl. So to win two of them in back-to-back years, I mean, there's, it's, it's just it's very, very difficult. And, and I think what Coach Reed speaks to the, you know, I think the teams that I was on that were able to do great things year after year, it was the character of the players, the coaches, and, and the system that we had that brought the best out of everybody in the biggest moments. And, you know, we always try to put a lot of pressure on our players all the time to succeed, whether it was – in OTA practice, whether it was a training camp practice, whether it was a joint practice, a preseason game, the pressure was always on. It was never, hey, this is a – I always remember Coach Belichick would come in a meet and he'd say, this is a big f***ing day. You know, and we joke because all those years I had 20 years of big f***ing days, you know, <laughs> because everyone was important. And that's how we saw it. And I think that really wore off. So we didn't have to wait to Super Bowl week to go, okay, now what? You know, I think you could see Coach Reed – and the impact that he has on the players that, you know, these guys are always, they they want to show up and compete and they don't have to figure out, oh, do I have to turn it on now? No, it's always on. And and I think you play these teams and I've been, you know, seeing a lot of programs and certainly the chance to watch a lot of football this year. Not a lot of people approach it that way. Sometimes it's just too hard for people to compete like that. And, and I think I give Coach Reed all the credit in the world for his ability to compete day in, day out, year after year. And that's why the Chiefs are such a world-class organization. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's um, – it is you, – you said it. It's, I mean, it's tough to get get to the Super Bowl period and then to be able to back-to-back it. Um, you know, you, you taught us part of that lesson, uh, not only as a player um, and with the Patriots, but also you kicked our tail uh, at Tampa Bay. And – um, you know, the, there's a certain attitude and toughness that you've got to come into uh, each game with, and and you presented that to us down there. It was a good learning experience for, for our guys. I almost hate the fact of how good Tom Brady is post-football, I, as if he wasn't a great enough player. He is so charismatic, so personal. We just talked about that with Bill Belichick and what you saw behind the scenes, Jake, of a guy that really could open up. Tom Brady, who is going to be taking over in the Fox booth next year for Greg Olson, I think he's going to shine. I I think in the same way Peyton Manning has shined. Now, Peyton didn't have the same level of hate that Tom Brady did. But it, he's going to go down in the back half of his career as, I would say, one of the more likable guys. And that I never thought would be possible. I, I wonder... If Patrick Mahomes will have a life in the broadcasting booth after football, don't know if he'll want it. Don't know if that's even on his radar. Probably not thinking about it right now. But Tom Brady almost has this ability now to change a lot of people's opinions about him. (laughs) And that's what I think everybody would think about it, to be honest with you. It is such a, a good spot to be in. For the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, everybody involved with this team, Andy Reid, 
And what they have in store on Sunday. Again, we won't have a game this weekend. Next Sunday, I should say. This is something that hasn't been done in nearly two decades. And the Chiefs have that opportunity to put themselves in the category of a dynasty. Officially, you can't dispute it at that point. You can't dispute the fact that if the Chiefs win next Sunday, it's a dynasty. It's a dynasty in the same way New England was. It's a dynasty in the same way the Cowboys were in the 90s. Get back to the Dolphins, Steelers. There have been some dynasties in this league. The Chiefs would be the new one. Three and five years, pretty hard to top. There's Ray Charles, so it's time to go. That wraps up another edition of The Shift on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM ESPN Kansas City. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, alongside producer Jay Gutierrez. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 AM. You take it easy, Kansas City. Keep the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more.